Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. Artist Nicholas Cole. Vincent Ingala. Jonathan Fritzen. And news with the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz for Tuesday, September 3rd. 2013 is already September, and in a couple of weeks I leave for the Dave Cos Cruise. Yeah, me. Anyway, welcome to the show. Um, if you would like to join us in the chat room, go to talkingsmoothjazz.com and click on Land Round Trees picture there on the home page, and that will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. Land Round Trees debut album on Cut More Records, Serendipitous, was released today, and we're happy to have him back to talk about it, his appearance in the movie Sparkle, and headlining his own show in Dubai. Lynn, welcome back to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hey, Terry. What's up, Mike? How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Congratulations to your signing to Cut More Records and to this new CD, Serendipitous. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Ah, all right. So, first of all, I want to know um, how you came to sign to, with Cutmore. Well, uh, you know, as you know, I worked with I worked with a lot of artists, and uh, over the uh, last couple of years, uh, the, the gentleman by the name of Nate Harrison, uh, who is from uh, South South Michigan, Southern Michigan area. And uh, we had been passing each other uh, on the charts uh, in the last CD, and he, he decided he wanted to put a show on in Detroit and, and said, hey, we got a surround you down there. Why don't you come on to the show? Uh, and so uh, I got on the show, and we played together, and we realized that there was a vibe there. Uh, and you know, I realized that he was a producer, much more than just a keyboardist, um, and uh they produced for a lot of people, and uh, so you know, I went up to see what his production style was all about. Uh, we sat down, we worked on a song, and from that point forward, I, I knew that that's the sound that you know that I wanted to uh, to go 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 towards, move towards with my new project. Uh, you know, the, the type of sound that, that he was able to give me. He, he's got a vibe that's that's real upbeat, real dance, um, you know, uh, real hip, real new. And uh, that's the sound that I was looking for. You know, I had already already been a you know an accomplished uh, producer myself, and worked with a lot of guys, and, and written a lot of songs. But I just felt like I needed to take my sound uh, to another level, and he's the guy I thought would be able to do it. And uh, so you know, we went with one mindset uh, in, in establishing uh, and you know an agreement, a partnership, a production deal. Uh, and of course, he signed with uh, Trippin and. Uh, when he does something, he uh, lets everybody knows, know know what he's doing, and and uh, I guess the, the label got wind of uh, who Nate was working with and uh, uh, did some research on me and said, hey, this guy you know, is right in line with what we want. Cut more records, which is a 
it's a it's it's a it's an additional label under the Trip and the Rhythms family, uh, designed to to uh, to cater to a younger smooth jazz audience, uh, and help bridge the gap between uh, some of the newer listeners to smooth jazz and uh, some of the more mature, more established listeners in smooth jazz. Uh, and, and they saw it as an opportunity for uh, for them to take part in, in what. I was doing what Nate and I were doing, and uh, so uh, as time went on, they invited me to, to come play at the Dubai Jazz Fest. Uh, it was sort of a, uh, a, a welcome uh, to, the, to, to the label, and you see what we're about, and we get the chance for two weeks to see what you're about, and it also culminates with a, a major show to see if, you know, you can handle that type of stage, and and uh, everything worked real well. I mean, it was a great, great uh, uh uh, I guess marriage of interests, uh, mm-hmm. and I uh, gave a great, great show and uh, presented them with some some tracks that Nate and I had done. Uh, before I left, uh, we had a gentleman's agreement that, that said, you know, hey, if you uh, if you, uh, you know, present us with uh, with uh, songs in the direction that you're going in, then we may talk about uh, something uh, a little more serious, and and that's what happened. We presented them with with our songs and. They presented me with a recording contract, and uh, here we have Serendipitous on uh, on uh, the new arm of Trippin' the Rhythm re- uh, Records and uh, a couple more records. Okay, now I, I you know, I thought that Cutmore. Um, well, I remember when they first came out, when they first signed Nicholas, and they were saying how the label was created for young artists. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, 25 and under. And I'm not saying you old or anything, but um, I, you know, I was just thinking that that label was was for like the twenty five and under artists. So now, but, so now you're telling the secrets. That's supposed to be supposed to look like I'm twenty five. You, you're not supposed to say that I'm an old fogey. You so old? Now, now you messed up the secret. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. They, they got me. Yeah, they're gonna airbrush me and make me look like some of these guys out here. You know. But, but you know what's funny? I'm still younger than uh, a lot of the established artists that that are yeah. making their way around the circuit every five minutes. Uh, in yeah, you are. And these, yeah. these guys have been on stage for thirty plus years, and uh, I'm amongst the younger generation guys that are, that are trying to present new music to uh, a newer uh, audience. Uh, now, I guess that's what the the purpose of the label was for when they first had Nick. But of course, they only had one person on the label, and that was Nick, mm-hmm. and he. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal talent, a uh, prodigy in, in, in a sense. Um, and I, I think the concept, moreover, than having young people signed to the label was to attract a younger demo. And, and I guess, mm-hmm. you know, in, in line with that is to have a, a younger face. Uh, but that's not necessarily what what um, when they when they when it evolves, that's not, that, that the main purpose is trying to attract a younger demo. So, however. Uh, uh, mature, how, how mature you are in the business isn't as relevant as what kind of music you're putting out and what kind of connection you're making to what kind of audience. And of course, you know, as you followed my career uh, over my last three CDs, and that's being my fourth project, uh, is that my music is definitely uh, something that's a little more earthy, a little more uh, uh, in tune, in line with uh, what the younger demo is listening to. You, you can you can bop your head to it. You can put it in, or you know, after you finish listening to your rap music all day, you can put it in, and, and you won't miss a beat because it's still that hard driving beat, and it's still catered to to young people. In fact, some of the two times they categorize my 
my albums next to the Hidden Beach music, which, you know, Hidden Beach always covered, you know, rap songs uh, through jazz. And so that's the type of music that I always like to make. And, and my influences are certainly R&B and certainly uh, even now from the guys that, that are Drake and, and all these guys, I, I like the musicality that they present. So, yeah, it's, it's more so what kind of music uh, you, you present and who you appeal to uh, rather than just being a young person. Uh, it makes sense to have a young and, person because like, a young person... You know, associate, but right, right, right. That's so true. You know what you just said is what I was thinking. That your music is so much different from the regular contemporary jazz artists. Your music is more on the R and B side. You know, where like you can groove to it, and uh, it's it's more soulful. And then you know, the last CD you had as well had some nice vocal tracks that you had with the young lady uh, Kanye Dawes. And, um, right, you know, right. so it, 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 it presents a different flavor, like you said, a more urban feel. So I, I agree totally with, you, with, with what you said about, you know, that a younger, a younger person my age can, uh, can uh, you know, can definitely uh, grow to that. Exactly. And exactly. I'm glad that Cutmore, you know, created the label to recognize these young artists um, because they, there's more of them out there that need that exposure exposure and their recognition. And so I'm really happy that Cutmore Label uh, Records, you know, created the label to recognize these young artists. And to sign, for Nicholas to be the first one to sign on was just, I mean, that right there is just a, uh, a feather in their cap because he is well, working with everybody. I mean, he wrote a song on exactly. your CD. The boy's everywhere. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, and, and there's going to be a lot of great things to come out of, out of that young man. I mean, you know, but it, it's more so, and I think that's, like you said, the younger artists, that's one thing, but artists that make music that caters to a younger demo is is mm-hmm. more, is more is the more appropriate definition of what Cutmore, I believe, is doing right now. It, okay. it, it may come in the form of a young artist. But see, Nicholas, even being as young as he is, uh, plays with the maturity of a well-established uh, musician. I mean, this yeah. guy is, you know, he's literally a prodigy. I mean, he produces just like the rest of these uh, these guys out here. I mean, you know, they've been out here for years and years and years. I mean, you know, Brian Simpson going to him for, for collabs. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Cole going to him for collabs. I mean, all these guys are going to him for, for collabs. And the same thing with Nate Harrison. I mean, Nate Harrison, you know, it, it, you know he's, he's youthful. And, uh, uh, but the type of music that he's making and the type of music he's producing is is more in line uh, with the younger demo than it is the more mature uh, uh, demo of the, of the label. But the same thing is the more mature demo of the label in, in some instances, you know, still vibes because they want to groove too. Not they, they haven't just, you know, just because they're older, more mature, doesn't mean that they don't want to move and groove either and don't, don't like the R&B. I just think sometimes people don't know what they like until it's presented to them. And so, I mean, with with the recorded music is what we're trying to do. And the next thing we're trying to do is tackle a lot of these live shows and these festivals. I mean, you know, certainly we have to break the politics and the barriers that uh, are are there that have been established for so long uh, with some of the the same same touring artists. Uh, I mean, mean, these artists are great artists. They take nothing away from their performances, and they're great. But these festivals need an injection of of new, new blood. artists and new blood mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. to stay viable, and mm-hmm. and it, it's just I, sometimes it's unfortunate because the the listeners the promoters won't change 
unless the, the, the concert goers say something. Because, I mean, if you keep getting sold out shows or well-attended festivals, then what's the motivation for a promoter to to change? So what I'm saying is people don't know what they know until they they see it. So that's what we're trying to do is expose them to different shows. I mean, every show that I've been able to do, particularly this year, uh, is sometimes in stark contrast to what, what's going on after me, even if it's a very well-established act. And and people are saying, wow, I, I didn't know that that was out there. I've been so used to the same people over and over again. I didn't know that, that shows could be this exciting anymore. You see, when you inject new blood into these shows, what it does, it lights the fire under the more established people, too. So instead of coming right. out doing the same show, that they they have no motivation to do any, any new thing, anything new, to, 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 to perform any different way or to, to, to do anything different until somebody comes and lights a fire on them. So you get a young guy out there that, that, that's going to bring it, and they're supposed to be the headliner. So they're going to go back to the, the, the drawing board and make sure their show is tight and, and on point, and, and it all works out for the best for the, for, for the concert goers. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do and, and cut more right now. And I like what Mike said. Right. And I like what Mike said about your music being, um, you know, a fusion of R&B along with the jazz. I mean, the last time we interviewed you about the Soul Tree uh, CD and you did that cover of Michael Jackson's You Rock My World with a trumpet. Uh-huh. That song is hot. Mm-hmm. That is one hot song right there. And it's different. It's with a trumpet. And I'm at the end. You got that guitar solo at the end. I mean, that's a hot song, yeah. and if that grabs, if that don't grab a younger demographic. Well, um, when, when I know, do that, when right I do there. that song, if you see me, the Mike came to one of my shows uh, just mm-hmm. recently uh, down in Baltimore, and when you see me do that song, and then I mix Heartbreak Hotel and uh, or Displaced mm. Hotel, another Michael Jackson song at the end of that song, it's a standing ovation song every time I do it, and oh, yeah. young people. And more more established, more mature listeners, they all know. They all dance in the Nile. And uh, I mean, and we want to do a lot more of that. We just want the opportunity to do a lot more of that uh, if we can just get get break some of the politics and get on on more of these stages. And you know, we're not trying to break the banks out here for a lot of right. these promoters either. We just want to get in front of the, the the listeners, in front of the audience, and show them that hey, look, you know, uh, it, it, it's something that's going to inject life more life, and everybody's going to make more money. Everybody's going to uh, have more exposure as a result of allowing some of the the, the newer, younger acts onto these shows and festivals. Everybody's going to make it because the audience hasn't gone anywhere. They've just gotten tired no. of the same old thing. The audience yeah. is there. It, it's just you just have to attract them and grab them. And the first promoter, I'm telling you, that, that locks in on this concept and takes the chance and packages something up and puts it out. Uh, over the country is going to be the promoter that's on the forefront and cutting edge and going to leave everybody in the dust and it's going to be mm. walking all the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. see you. Is that all right? Take a chance, so. mm. Okay, um, I have a phone call from your... One, hold on, Mike. I have a phone call from your area, Lynn. Um, area code 248-259. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz with Lynn Roundtree. Hello, this is Randy Scott. I'm calling in to talk to my brother, Mr. Lynn Roundtree, and just give him some congratulations. Um, yeah, Randy, Randy, Randy only came on so he can he can discuss how to get some of the younger blood on the stage. That's why I know Randy. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you know, the, only, the only reason I called was just to give you some major props, man, and tell you how proud I am and uh, 
just wish you the best, man. I, 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 I am genuinely happy for you, and I just wish you the very best. This brother, and I thank you so much, Randy, but this brother, uh, you didn't even have to come on and say thank you because he blessed me with uh, with his playing on a track from Gutter mm-hmm. Funk uh, on the CD. Uh, and he's just been so gracious over the years with his leadership. Uh, and you know, I've looked up to Randy for, for quite some time now. I've been compared to Randy. Everybody in, in the city that, that, I, that I tell, you know, what I do and I play, uh, immediately, uh, Randy's name comes out of their mouth. Do you know Randy Scott? Have you played with Randy uh, Scott? Did you see what he was doing? And I said, I'm trying to be like Randy Scott. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to make my mark just like Randy. I know Randy. Man, you know Randy. Now that's oh, all reversed. You, 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 you know Randy. I'm dead serious, Randy. I'm dead serious, man. And you have, uh, oh, man. You've really set the, set the standard here, man. And, uh, and well, man, uh, I've reached. I really appreciate those kind words, but Doc, you are holding your own, and and I just I'm very proud of you, and I'm just I'm grateful to have been on the record, man. So if there's anything you need from me, I'm here for you, Doctor. Well, thank you. I think I'm 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 at the point where I need to uh, start paying you back, man. So I appreciate nah. you. you've done so much for for me and for all of us, brother, for real. So I mean, oh, thank you. Phenomenal, you. phenomenal. Saxophonist and uh, and and even better human being, Mr. Randy Scott. Right mm. there. Yeah, Thank we you. recently had Randy on the show, and before you hang up, Randy, I want to talk to you about the song that you did on Serendipitous called Gutter Funk. Tell me okay. what you wanted to bring to this song. I just wanted to to represent um, what the song was all about, the feel of the song. You know, because when you when you think about that title. Got a funk. I mean, you you better be funky or else. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to represent that and and represent uh, the D Detroit and and most importantly to most to to best represent my brother Lynn Roundtree. So uh, you know I'm just glad again I'm just glad to be a part of it and and hope I did it justice. No oh, man, you did it more than justice, brother. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm not going to take any more time off. I just wanted to call in and, and, and send you my support, man, and um, best uh, best wishes to you on this record. Thank you, man. And yeah, like likewise, you need anything, I'm here. So uh, let's cool. let's go get it, man. Let's uh, let's change this uh, this paradigm out here. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys take care. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, on. Randy. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Randy. Bye. All right, I'm going to play gutter funk, but uh, Lynn, why you why did you call it gutter funk? We called it gutter. Funk. <laughs> we called <laughs> Nate and I were sitting in the studio. Uh, now, now this track uh, came from a good friend of mine named Sheree uh, Reed, who's, a, who's a, an excellent, very well known, very well traveled bass player out of Chicago, and uh, I was fortunate enough to. Um, to get him, you know, I had to do a show in Chicago last summer, uh, summer before last, and uh, he, he so graciously put a band together for me. And, uh, you know, when they played for me, I said, man, got a great sound. And uh, he said, well, you know, I'm producing some tracks too. I said, well, you know, I'd love to get some of that, that old funk, man, that you're playing because he's the king of funk over there in Chicago. And so uh, Nate and I were sitting in the room, and we said, man, we need some, some gutter funk, man. We need some funk, funk, some Something dirty, just you know, smelly, mm. you know, just nasty funk. 
something, something out of the gutter. And we said, okay, you know, what, what are we looking for? And I, I, I thought back to Sheree, and uh, Sheree had, uh, I said, man, you got anything funky over there? He sent me a couple of tunes. As soon as this tune came on, man, it it just it it just it, it was stinky, man. It was it was there, it was raw. <laughs> and I said, this is exactly what we need because we got we listen to the CD. There's some pretty tracks on the CD. There's some mm-hmm. nice, 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 good vibes. You know, nice clean vibes. But uh, we, we said we needed something dirty. We need to show we can get dirty too. So this is Detroit, man. So uh, when I got the track from from Sheree. Uh, uh, I, I, I immediately heard the uh, the line on it. I heard the melodic line on it, and I came up with the horn parts and and, and the melody. And uh, you know, I said, "Man, you can't have any funk without a saxophone." And and I said, "Man, a saxophone trumpet—that's a classic sound, especially for funk." You know, we thought about James Brown on this one. And so, uh, who who better than than Randy, who's also a label mate? Uh, to, to lay it down because I mean I've seen Randy I've known him for years and, and know what he what he does on the track and I sent the track over to Randy Randy and said man I love this man are you giving this to me can this go you know, on my tr- on my CD I said no nah, brother you, you gotta put this on my CD man we can do it live on the show but uh, when when he when he laid it out on on the parts man as soon as he laid it out he made me change I sent some parts over to him where I already had, had played. And uh, when he played, he just took it to another level. I'd redo all my parts after he played. I said, man, you know. So uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of synergy there and uh, a lot of creativity, even even on Randy's part when he came in with what he, you know, did. And uh, it, it just it just worked out. And, just, it, and you know, we, we laid it out, man, and, and that's what you got with Gutter Farm. Mm. All right, I'm going to play that now. This is from Lynn Roundtree's new CD, Serendipitous. You can find this on his website, Lynn Roundtree Music, and Roundtree is minus the D. Um, Definitely check it out there. This is Gutter Funk featuring Randy Scott.
Wow, and it's a great play between the saxophone and the trumpet. That was Gutter Funk from Lynn Roundtree's new CD, Serendipitous. And that is available today, so definitely pick that up. Um, can we talk about Nicholas? Uh, Lynn, can we talk about Nicholas just for a minute? Um, he, you know, he wrote, wrote, co-wrote one of the songs on the CD um, called "In the Day," and like you said, you know, he's he's working with, he's done some stuff for Steve Cole. He's worked with Brian Simpson. He produced Willie Bradley's CD. Um, this, I mean, he's like a 20-year-old young man. Um, already just a phenomenal producer and in-demand producer. When you you guys became label mates, did you want him to work with you on this CD? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm open to working with uh, working with anybody that, that's uh, that, that's you know funky and soulful. I mean, you guys already know, you know, from my past work, what kind of music mm-hmm. I like, what kind of music I like to make. And so anybody that, that that's going to present with that type of music, I'm willing to work with. Uh, and uh, it, so I'm saying it's it's as it's, it's good as good. And so uh, when when the opportunity came, actually I think uh, I, I was I was roommates with Nick in Dubai, and so we had a lot of time to uh, to talk about music. And you know, from uh, I think I walked into the room. Uh, I saw Nick. He he had his computer out. I had my computer out, and I think within five minutes of just meeting each other in the room, we were talking about music and uh, our philosophies and, and all that. And at that point, I, I knew that you know I wanted to to, to definitely work with him and uh, and see what we could do in terms of collaborating. And and it just so happened that I you know once I signed my, my recording deal uh, and became the second group. Uh, uh, person on Cutmore, it, it was, I mean, it was a natural match that we would do something together. It was just me and Nick at the time before LeBron came on uh, the label. And uh, he sent that track over. He said, man, I got a track for it. I got a track for it. I said, okay, okay. Uh, a couple of weeks later, man, he just sent it out there, man, check your job box. Checked it. And I listened to it. I said, yeah, man, this is it. It took me to write a melody and to come up, write the whole song. Probably took me, it was on a Saturday. Uh, about five hours to put all the horn parts and the solos and everything on on the track, and I did it in about five hours on on a Saturday, and that's how much you know the track hit me, and, and I knew mm-hmm. I survived to it. He called, say, "Man, do you need me to send a melody?" I said, "No, man, I already got it. I already got the song done." And I sent it to him. He said, "Whoa!" I sent it to the label. They said, "Whoa!" Uh, <laughs> you know, this is, this 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 thing works. I was like, "Well, yeah, when I feel it, I feel it," and. uh you know, I felt that track, and you know the only thing that was wrong with it. I mean, the, the parts that I played on that one Saturday were the parts that you hear on the song. Uh, I didn't put any more in there. Um, in fact, I took out because I said, well, you know, it's kind of too much trumpet on the track now. It's like a lot of trumpet, and uh, this is kind of a, has a kind of a Latin type vibe. Um, and you know, I said, well, you know, I've done some work with Althea in the past, and the trumpet and flute always sounded great together. Uh, I don't know why it's not, you know, uh, used more, utilized more together, but, I mean, that, 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 that's a great match because both of them are, are tonal instruments and uh, tonal wind instruments. And um, she just so happened to be in town when I was a week away from finishing the album and trying to figure out what to do on the bridge, uh, take take so much horn out of the track. And I said, man, this is perfect. And so I called her over to the studio, and she came and knocked it out and, I think probably under an hour. Uh, her little part, her, her her parts, and uh, 
you know, because she felt it too. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 the track is humping. Also, all you need something, something, something to vibe to, uh, and, and 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 life becomes really easy, uh, especially when you know the producer and the and, and the artist are like minded and they hear the same thing. I mean, it, you know, it, it, I didn't even have to think when I played and, and I listened back to what I played over the track. And there's some parts in there where I'm matching his 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 piano lines, uh, and, you know, perfectly. And it's just mm-hmm. because I felt that's what needed to go in the next part, and and it just so happened that that's what he was doing. So I mean, that's how it worked out. And then finally, we gave the track to, to Nate. I mean, and and you know, Nate put his spin on it, his magic on it, and 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 made it sound uh, so beautiful, and, and dropped some things out, and, and added a few things, and uh, you know. You got a track, man, and sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes tracks are difficult, but still are beautiful. But sometimes they're easy like that. And I think, you know, it's a sign of good things uh, when when we can link up like that. And I just look forward to, to doing more with Nick. Okay. All right, Mike, you had a question before. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, this question you when you just mentioned Nicholas and Nate, I was gonna ask you: Was there any nervousness going into this project, being that? This is your first time working with Nate as the producer of one of your CDs. Uh, you know, because you may, you know, some people going into a new project with a new producer, they're like, I don't, you know, is it going to be a good fit? They kind of worry. Was there any nervousness or was you like, you know, this is it. This is going to be the guy that's going to put this thing on. Not at all, because, I mean, the thing you get from, from Cats in Detroit is we like to play. And we, we, we kind of, we, you know, we talk about old school guys. Like, we, we, you know, we, we want to get with that, and we got to get on. But, you know, the reality is that we looked up to all of our all, all of our uh, predecessors, and these guys were players, man. And they, they, they said, look, you work, you're able to work with everybody, you're able to play with everybody, and so make it make it happen. As far as the producer goes, uh, as far as the producer goes, you know, the only thing I need to do is listen to him. I, I heard the sound. I knew it was new Nate's vibe. Um, and once I sat down and heard some of the songs that he 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 made, you know, I knew that immediately that I could work work with him, we could make some, some, some beautiful music. Uh and the rest was just, you know, fundamental. The rest was just, you know, getting together, timing and you know, how 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 did how do you work with, with each other and, and all of that stuff. I mean it, it, the regular anticipation uh, uh on how somebody's gonna work that comes into play, but that's with everybody. But there was no absolutely no nervousness uh and no uneasiness. I mean, because one Nate and I both are uh, Virgos, I think he was born a day after me, uh, a couple of years uh, after me. But uh, we, we think alike. We, we have the same work ethic, and uh, uh, we got the same vibe in terms of you know, in the same ear. I mean, that's that's also important. We have the same ear, so we know what sounds good. You know, I send something over to him, and I, I probably know what he's gonna like or not gonna like. And mm-hmm. um, you know, before he can even get out of his mouth, I'm like, "Hey, you didn't like that." He went, "No, I didn't like that, man. You got to do something else." Uh, or mm-hmm. I, 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 I had an idea of what, what he was going to like, and vice versa. You know, he'd send me something. He, he, he kind of started to know my ear and what I would like. Uh, and so, you know, like like I said, we started out with one mindset on the project, you know, but we both realized things about each other in the whole process and the creative process that you know. That just brought out the best in each other, and in, in, in our writing and our in, in our performance on the tracks, and, and putting the tracks together, and uh, the synergy that, in which we 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 had in, in putting these tracks together, it was just easy, man. It was you know, it wasn't difficult. So, to your question, no, I didn't get nervous. Uh, the anticipation was there, yeah, uh, but we gradually gravitated towards the same 
same plane, and we ended up on the same plane. That's what you hear in this record. Mm-hmm. You hear it all through the record. You hear you hear the synergy in the record, man, with, with, yeah. the, with the way everything flows. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right, I have a question from Carrie in the chat room. Um, Carrie and Eric from Smooth Jazz Family are in the chat room. Welcome. Carrie says, tell me about why so. Sometimes I see music and the vibe speaks to me, and I see why so in black and white. Laid back, sexy, smooth. Tell me about that song. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's, that's exactly what that song is. Uh, uh, Nate had a song on his album, and it was a groove that he played live. And I've, I've played with Nate quite a few times live on his live shows. Uh, he's a great performer. And uh, uh, he, But he had a song. I think he was out playing a show with Paul Brown and with uh, Dan Ron on the western side of the state. And, and I went out there, and I, I didn't know that they were going to bring me up on stage, but... Of course, I always have my horn in the car, and it says, we'll get your horn. Always. So I ended up, mm-hmm. on, I, I ended up on stage, uh, and uh, he played the song. And uh, was, I think the song was also the groove, and that song was so funky. And and and, and, and I said, Nate, i got to have a song like that on my album, man. i got to have a song. we got to sit here and write a song just like that. And I kept bugging him about it, man. He kept sending me these tracks. I was like, man, well, what about that song, man? I like I, So he said, man, well, you can't have my song. I was like, because I already did it. I was like, well, let's, 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 let's listen to the song and let's, let's create a vibe on our own. So we started out with a song that kind of sounded like, you know, what he did on his previous album. And, uh, but we ended up with something that was, was totally, you know, both of us sitting there at, at the, in the studio just creating. And we created the line for for the song. We created the beat. And uh, once we came out with the, the the sketch of the song, I went home and I immediately, you know, heard it. I immediately heard how 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 smooth and, and how open it was. And, and songs like that, songs like that for a trumpet player sometimes because you know we we always looked at it as brash players and, and you got to play high and loud and, and and screaming and all this other stuff and. Uh, sometimes, you know, people don't consider us a, a smooth and, and sultry and sexy instrument, which it is. I mean, sometimes they want you to put on the mute. Oh, yeah, man, it sounds like Miles Davis put me in his own. But I contend that, you know, an open trumpet uh, can be just as beautiful as any instrument, and, and even more so. I mean, you can get that, that feel from it. And I think that's what I wanted to demonstrate on this particular song, Watch Song. Uh, that's why I wanted to just lay back. And you hear the power in the horn. But you hear the vulnerability in the playing and in the horn because the track is so wide open and there's so much air and space, especially when you get to that first verse where there's nothing but the bass line playing uh, and maybe a side stick and, and a couple of uh, a couple of beats. But other than that, it's wide open. And so, you know, when I'm playing, you see how long that took? It was just, it was just mm-hmm. so laid back. That 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 you know, it gives you that feel that that feel in black and white. It feels like you should have a, a zoo suit on, and you should be at 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 some some smoky club, you know, with with the little round top tables, uh, smoking a you know one of those cigarettes on a long stick or something like that, with, with you know, with somebody dancing with a feather in their hair, or something like you know. So that that's what it gives you. That's the feel of that song. And uh, we were gonna, you know, change the change the some of the signs in it, but I said no. Nah. But to make it update, we put an 808 in the song too. So you you hear 808 because you, you normally in rap songs, 
uh, that's in that song. You might not even know it's there, but it, it hits on on the on every other beat. It's a boom, and so you know, it's still bringing that that modern flair into a, a song that has an old school smoky black and white feel. So she's absolutely right. Okay, well, let's take a listen to this for Miss Carrie. Um, this is called Why So from Lynn's new CD, Serendipitous.
I love that Pink Panther reference in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's why you probably think of the black and white and the little top hat. Uh, but uh, Nate called me. We had done the whole song, and uh, I thought we were done and finished. And uh, that's Matt Godina, by the way, playing uh, guitar on that track. He did a lot of guitar work for me, and uh, just a great, great guitar player. I'm, I'm waiting for him to come out with his CD. But uh, yeah, once he brought uh, he brought those guitar parts in uh, to give some color to the track, Nate said, "Hey man, why don't you just play play that play that." Uh, Pink Panther theme and, and you know send it over to me. I, I did. He mixed it in. And Nate, Nate's a mad scientist in the studio, so uh, when he hears something, uh, when I, I you know, that's that's when I mean, you call vibe and, and knowing what cats want, I knew exactly where he wanted it and how he wanted it to sound. And all he had to do was say, I was thinking of making was making myself a pot of grits. And when he called one morning and said, Hey man, go to the studio and, and put that put put that line in there, man, and the song will be done. I was like, man, what are you talking about, dude? He was like, yeah, man. You know, the Pink Panther, he, he called it the Fred the Gather the first. He said, no, the Pink Panther. I was like, well, I know what he's talking about. I know exactly where he wants it. So I went and did it five minutes and sent it over to him. And, and there you have it right there in the song. <laughs> I like that. Okay, I would like to read a um, a review from Cutmore Records about Lynn. Um, his hip vibe and soulful sound find perfect fit here and is sure to assist in bringing the cool factor back to this genre. The future looks bright for contemporary jazz as we continue to attract fresh young artists of this caliber. And Lynn's star will surely help light the way. And that was from Cutmore Records. Okay, I Go ahead, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I said those guys, man. They, they, you know, in terms of, of labels and, and you know, people have all these mis- misconceptions or maybe some justified ideas about what labels do. But this label is all about, hey, man, if it sounds good, man, put it down. We like it. Man. We sent, mm-hmm. we sent out, you know, the real funky song that Let It Groove song. We thought it may have been a little too funky, and and the label said, man, this is exactly where we want this thing to be. And we sent over that Dance With Me song with Anna, uh, which is like a club song. It's totally different from all of some of the other tracks on there. He said, no, nah, this is where we want to be. We love it. Send it over. Let's do it. And so uh, it's really uh, it's really a breath of fresh air when you can get the support of a major label like that telling you that they're looking at you to mm-hmm. you know, kind of usher in a new sound as opposed to, hey, man, you know, do things and make it sound like this, sound like that. It doesn't have this particular sound. It, they're like, you know, do what you do, do you, because we got you because we want what you have. So just keep mm. cranking it out. And, and you got green light on, on cranking out the funk. So, so let's wow. go. I was like, hey, you didn't tell me twice. <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. Okay, I have now, a couple of questions. Okay, go ahead, Mike. No, well, I was going to add real fast the title, Serendipitous. Uh, how did you come up with that or, you know, and, uh, and everything, the title? Of the whole team. Well, I mean, just like I, I had alluded to, uh, Nate and I, you know, when we we went to we started this project real shortly after I finished Soul Tree, or even when I was um, uh, in the middle of promoting Soul Tree, that's when I met Nate. Um, in fact, he he redid one of my songs for radio. I didn't know, and that's when we really started uh, trying to starting to vibe and talk about this next next project. And so we said, well, you know, some of your stuff has been, you got the Neo Soul album, you got the, the your first album, you really didn't know what you were doing, but you had some hits on the first album. The second album, you went 
contemporary jazz. Uh, so why don't on this one let's explore some dance music. Let's you know let's let's, let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, let's show them your your, your dance side. Make it make it more youthful. Some of these kids liking liking to dance. And so that's what we let's let's do this dance record. Let's just do a dance record. You know, hype record. And that's what we went into um, you know trying to do. And then by the time we got together and and started to vibe and started to listen to listen to different vibes, come up with different beats. We found, man, we like that. We like that. We like that. That sounds great, man. Let me work on this one. Let me work on this one. And it, it, it eventually blossomed into something that we didn't even uh, plan or set forth to make, but it was something that was beautiful. And, uh, uh, you know, when I was talking about it, a friend of mine said, hey, you know what, that that sounds like serendipity. That's the true essence of serendipity. I was like, well, what is that? I, I, mm. I heard the word. So I looked it up, and, and the, the actual, if you use it as an adjective, it's, it's called occurring or discovered by chance in a happy or beneficial way. And that's just exactly how the album came together. Uh, and so we definitely, you know, named the song after it, and, and we were trying to figure out what, what the name of the album would be. We said, well, why not, why not serendipitous? Because that's, that's the essence of how this album just, Evolved and developed, and everybody said, "Well, yeah, that's uh, that that makes sense," uh, and that's something that certainly everybody, most people, are, a, a good portion of people, aren't going to know off the bat what serendipitous is because it's a very it's a, it's a seldom used word uh, in, in in regular context, or regular everyday speaking. But they're going to look it up and they're going to really remember that the name of that CD and it's going to stand out. And that's that's how it came about. Mm, okay. All right, I have a couple of questions from Eric, Smooth Jazz Family. The first question, if you could have any musician sit in with you at one of your gigs, who would it be? What's up, Eric? Uh, yeah, the, the Smooth Jazz Family, man, they're good, good, good folks out there. And I can't, can't wait to see you guys, uh, in, I guess, next month, a month and a half, when I'm out there spags. But in any, other, in any case, you know, I, I don't know. There's a lot of musicians. That I'd love to be on stage with. I've uh, been on stage with a lot of people. I was just on stage with Keisha Cole uh, playing for her this past weekend, which was an experience in and of itself being on stage as a trumpet player with 20 woofers on stage. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, man, that's a hard question. Um, the musicians sit in with me. I think even though I've recorded with George Duke, I'd love to have had him uh, sit in with me. Um, I've had a lot of musicians that I've sat in with and, and have come up on stage while I was on stage and played with, but you know, that's certainly somebody that, that mm-hmm. I would have loved to sit in with me. Uh, and uh, yeah, even, you know, the late, great Woody Shaw. I mean, some of these guys, and I'm telling, you know, where I come from because these guys are Freddie Albert, uh, any one of these guys, man, uh, you know, McCoy Tyner, and even Herbie uh, back in the day. I don't, I don't know, Herbie, yeah, even now, Herbie. Yeah, you know, these guys, you know, they, they could sit in that you can, you don't even have to talk to to learn from. You can just listen and see play and pick up things just, you know, in terms of demeanor. I mean, and, and I, I certainly learned that because I, I sat in, well, uh, Chuck Lowe, who was an idol of mine, uh, was in Dubai. He was doing a show. And uh, he had a he had a closed rehearsal. Uh, some guys like open rehearsal with people walking in and out. He likes his clothes because he, he, he you know he likes to, to to really concentrate and focus on his music and not have a lot of interruptions. Well, I heard him playing uh, 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 Cantaloupe uh, Island, and uh, you know that's a trumpet player song, and he didn't have a trumpet in there. So I I, I managed to 
to kind of act like I was going in to to get my my horn and case and and all that stuff uh, out of the out of the room. And he immediately saw me with the trumpet. He said, "Hey man, you want to play on this song?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And so I ended up on stage playing with 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 a legend, uh, my idol, somebody I listened to for years and years and years. I mean, I had all the CDs. Ended up playing with him on stage. I mean, that was a heck of an experience. So I mean, that with that experience. I would love to sit in with those guys that I mentioned, Neil and George Dukes and Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. and those guys and these legends that I've looked up to uh, for so, so long. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. no more with George Duke, but, I mean, it's you know, right. certainly, you know, right. playing with a legend, man, you just, it, just, it inspires you and it's kind of, uh, kind of nerve-wracking, but it does inspire you and, and it mm-hmm. lets you know where you are and where you need to be as a musician. Okay, his next question. Which artists have you been grooving to lately? Uh, be honest, man. Um, Wale, man. Wale is a rapper. Uh, Mike, I know you know who Wale is. He's from your area, right? Mm. Mike, still with us. Hey, me from DC, baby. You know, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Wale, <laughs> man. He's his new stuff, man. I, I, you know, I was just cutting the grass the other day. Yes, I do cut grass. And uh, <laughs> it took me three hours, and I'm sore. Uh. <laughs> But uh, I was listening to him while I was cutting the grass, man. His, his new CD is off the chain. And I like the way these guys, you know, him, you know, I was listening to Drake. I was listening to uh, a lot of these young guys, man, out here, man. The, the musicality in, in these songs nowadays, the music is really coming back. And I just love it while they're doing I hope he's starting to trend because, you know, I certainly, you know, would love to work work with, with, with a lot of those guys in live band settings, man, and, and just in collabs. I think that's where the music is going, and I think that's where Cutmore wants to go, not necessarily in the rap game, but, you know, they, they, wanna, they want to be a seamless transition or a seamless bridge from people who listen to Wale in the daytime and listen to some of the stuff, and, and as they're getting a little older, just, hey, look, I'm branching off into jazz, but but something that can ease them into the whole jazz genre because it sounds like something and it's grooving and they can latch and latch into it. And that's what I like, man. So I, yeah, I've been listening to a while lately. And, and, and okay. you know, Lynn, they mentioned that too. And when they're transitioning into that, they see a young artist like yourself who is, you know, still a young man and still got that swag, but they feel comfortable listening to you versus listening mm-hmm. to somebody that's in their 50s and, you know, suit and tie. You know what I mean? So, exactly, you know, Mike. That, and and I'm going to come on stage. I, I'm going to come on stage playing Wallet. You know what I mean? I'm going to play <laughs> that song that he's got, and I'm going to mix it into I'm going I'm to intro that song, and, and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, you know, and then I'm going right into one of my songs. And we do stuff yeah. like that. We do transitions on on a Drake tune. You know what I mean. We do transitions on a on a the hot tune that's out. You know that we're listening to. Like you say, you see me on stage with Keisha Cole, and Keisha Cole's having me play solos uh, on her so- songs and 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 on her set. I mean, and, and you know we're, we're playing the Nas track. And the Nas track that she has, you know, that's a musical song, man. And when we started yeah. playing, I'm playing on some of those track songs. We're like, man, this stuff is, is music because it's not just. You're not just playing some horn hits. You're playing some, some music. they got chord changes and stuff in here. And and that's what I think is is, is, is is a good transition. So it's easier for somebody to associate with us, like you said, Mike, as opposed to people who've been doing the same thing for over 30 years. And I'm not knocking on them. I don't want to sound like I'm a hater or or or, or, or uh, I'm dissenting or anything like that from, from what these guys are, 
uh, are and have been for us. I mean, they've been models for us, man, role models, and, and, and I've looked up to them and learned a lot. I just think that some some of these guys, not all of them, but some of them have gotten complacent. And some of mm. them, you know, have just because, and that's the fault of some of the, the festivals. They just continue to hire them and continue to hire them, and, and the expectations never are, 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 they never raise the expectations of what they bring. They're just comfortable with what they continue to give. The only way you can raise those expectations is to put a guy like me out there that's going to get that crowd, and they will lock into us and say, oh, wow, this is what this is. And then next time we're going to bring out more people because we thought it was just some old guys on stage and stuff. You know, these guys are really, really doing it and open our eyes to this new form of music. And so then, then some of the more mature guys, and I know I sound like a broken record, but some of the more mature and established acts can lock into what we're doing and feed off of the energy that we're and let us bring the energy. Let us, that's right. Let us do all of all the lifting and everything. You guys are major, Mark. Just ride our way. You still get gigs. You still do shows. You still get the, the big money and all that other stuff. But because what we're doing is we're growing the audience. Instead of the audience staying stagnant, we're growing the audience. So you can still charge the same that you charge as a, as a more established artist, but you've got more people now. And you expose most people to your music. And you're teaming up with some of us. And the perfect example is people like R. Kelly, who's, who's in his mid to late 40s, who stays relevant to this day. And he brings in other people like Ronald Isley and Charlie Wilson, who, you know, he's been in the game for 40-plus years. But he remains relevant to this day because he utilizes young producers and young people, and he, he transitions that younger sound and is not afraid to be on a show with, with, uh, with, with uh, Anthony Hamilton or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Because he's Charlie Wilson. He's going he's gonna to have his people, but... Those people, he's going to be able to, to to sell as many tickets and even more and get even more people because there's Anthony Hamilton there. So he's exposing his music to a whole new set of people. So his, he can keep his budget. And, I, and I'm, I'm preaching this, man, because I'm pleading to a lot of these promoters to go ahead and, and, and try and do this because you'll just you'll increase your audience and increase your base of people, and you'll still be able to pay your guys the same money, but you'll give us the opportunity and let us do the work because we're ready to work. And we're hungry. And we're going to give you a show. I'm going to knock you over the head. And you, know, you know me, Lynn. I feel the same way you feel. Me and Lynn had yes, plenty of time. So, I, I, you know, I'm back to the same way Winfield about that. But, uh, same you know, here. Brother, same I, here. You, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you guys are the new breed that's coming in. And, like, with this new style and new, uh, uh, you know, of, of playing and, and, and producing and things like that. And, you know, it's just. There's going to be a matter of time before people will start to see and things start to change, but it's, I think the vibe is, is coming in. I think that the time is turning. So people people are getting hit to it. So, you know, I'm already hip. I'm already on the soul tree. I'm on the soul tree. So. Yeah, yeah, and, then, you know, we we don't, you know, we, we don't, and, and, again, there's no substitute for good music, though, because That's just right. because you're new doesn't mean people automatically have to gravitate towards you. You have to. The, the the model is out there. Those guys set the model. And if your stuff doesn't have the same sound quality, the production quality, uh, the same packaging, if it looks you know you know subpar, don't expect anybody to play it. Don't expect anybody to rally to your cause and say we're just going to get you on the show because you're new. No, you got to be fresh, new, but you also have to be you know of the same standards and professionalism and and sound that these guys are, are at. And, no, we're not going to hire you if, if you're not at least at that same quality in terms of the music. So I, I'm hoping my message is clear. It's not we just want new because it's new. You know, it's it has to be, to be, new, it has to be of the same quality as, as these guys. 
So. That's right. So true. So true. So, um, Lynn, I hope you can stay with us just a few more minutes. I added a, a couple of more minutes to the show. I want to get in one more song, and Eric has another question um, that I wanted to ask you, and then I also wanted to ask you about your appearance on Sparkle. Um, sure. I'm, I, okay, I'm, I'm so. here for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so Eric's next question, have you ever thought of doing a solo unplugged album, Just You on the Horn, songs like Mile Davis, Summertime, Human Nature, etc.? That idea has been kicked around, and that might come to fruition uh, in the near future uh, with uh, some people that you know well, some producers that you know well. I've got to leave it at that, but that idea has definitely been been uh, discussed and talked about uh, because I certainly uh, would love to do that. Oh, good, good. Okay, now tell us about this appearance on the movie Sparkle. Uh, it was a great experience, probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, one of the most uh, interesting experiences. Um, they, A friend of mine uh, who tried to get me on a lot of shows, but... Uh, he is the uh, music director for Lady Gaga, Karen Brantley, uh, and he has to be from this area. Uh, was they the Sparkle was doing the production, and I guess the uh, the director um, wanted to utilize real musicians to play in the music scenes because he was tired of going and seeing these remake movies with uh, actors who were, you know, supposed to be playing the musicians who weren't holding the horns right, who didn't bring the same flair because. It was just difficult. It didn't make the scenes look real. So he was dead set, hey, I'm, we're going to record this thing and film this thing in Motown. You know, the last thing we want to do is is is, is, is do it an injustice by not having real, real musicians in, in the band. So it was a search. They put out a search for, for musicians. And uh, Karen uh, set that up. And uh, we auditioned. And, you know, it was weird. I've never auditioned for a movie before. So I, you know, I went in and I did my thing. And, and uh, I didn't know if I was going to get a call back or not, but they called me back. Uh, and it was funny, they called me back two days before they wanted me to come down and start shooting. And I happened to be in Atlanta uh, doing another show, so I got the promoter to fly me out early back so I could make rehearsal. And uh, I still didn't know what was going on. You know, they kept saying, well, show up to this rehearsal and you're going to do this. But the first rehearsal I walked in, is Jordan Sparks, there's uh, Tick Stumpner, there's uh, Mike Epps, there's all the, the people that are in the movie sitting right there, uh, and, and we're practicing the scenes. This is what the rehearsal was. So that was my inundation. I was inundated in the the whole movie business. That's how it is. And so, you know, after mm-hmm. long rehearsals, we ended up doing the scenes. And, uh, you know, at first we were cast as uh, as extras until we started to make our dance moves and, and make the scenes pop. Uh, and then the director said, hey, these guys are really making these things pop. Um, we need to make them, you know, part of the cast, really. Um, and that's what happened. And they upped us and made us part of the cast. We ate with the cast, and, you know, we, we got to be where the cast was because the, the, the rule on, on set was no one is to talk to any of the actors uh, proactively without first being spoken to, and, and you're not supposed to get close to them or talk to them, but we were now considered part of the cast, so it was just a whole two-week-long experience uh, of being able to to not only meet and and speak and spend some off time with with these screen you know the actors that you've seen and been been around for forever, 
but just to be in the movie. And I didn't know the magnitude of what I was doing until the actual movie came out or until actually, you know, Whitney Houston passed away. And I realized that I was in this movie, this last movie that Whitney Houston was in uh, with mm-hmm. all these other great people, with CeeLo Green and, and George Parks and Mike Epps and, and Derek Luke and you know, all these guys. And uh, it didn't hit me until until all of that. And then when I saw myself on the screen, hey, I'm in the first scene of the movie. It comes on. And you see me, you know, right there playing uh, in the flesh scene. And so, I mean, it was just an awesome experience, something I would never trade, something I would absolutely do again. Um, but I learned it was a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of repetitive. I mean, it takes, it took us, just to get one five-minute scene, took us, uh, probably 15 hours just to get one little five wow. minutes, maybe two-minute scene, 15 hours. And they shot every angle of the same scene. Uh, so wow. I mean, imagine you in this little hot club and everybody's got these, you know, costume, everybody's in costume and they got the lights and, and, and a million people. You see on the on the screen it comes out, you always see, you see the people in the club, but for every scene you see, there's probably double that many people in that same little area in terms of production people, cameramen and, and light mm-hmm. guys and, and makeup artists. I mean, every time they say cut, there's some makeup people running to the stage, you know, fixing up the face so you can do the same scene over again. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a heck of an experience, and, and I, I'm just so grateful. I was so blessed to have that opportunity. Wow. Okay. All right. I have a phone call. Area code 937. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz with Lynn Rountree, and thank you for holding. Hello, caller. Okay. Okay. We got scared. All right. Yeah? Okay. Well, um, I wanted to play the song In the Day. So I wanted to play that before I say goodbye to you. And uh, this song um, was co-written by um, Nicholas Cole, and it also has Althea Renee on it um, as well. So this is called In the Day.
That was In the Day with Althea Renee on flute from Lynn Roundtree's brand. Yes, very nice. From Lynn Roundtree's new CD, Serendipitous. You can find that on his website, Lynn Roundtree Music, Roundtree minus the D. It's also available on iTunes and Amazon. Um, Janelle, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Thank you for holding. Well, thank you for putting me on. Hi, Lynn. This is Janelle Northington from the House of Jazz in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Congratulations on your CD release. Thank you so much for uh, listening, calling in, and supporting. Oh, absolutely. And we are looking forward to having you back in Cleveland sometime soon. I am looking forward to being back. My my show there was entirely too short, and I'd love to come back. It was a sister city to us, so I'd love to be down there a lot lot more. Plus, Zanzibar is great. I hated Zanzibar. It was uh, totally wonderful. I want the chicken and waffles again, so any excuse to get back. (laughs) Absolutely. There'll be plenty of chicken and waffles for you when you get here. (laughs) I'm sure there will be. (laughs) Well, thank you, Janelle. I appreciate you holding. All right, thank you. All right, good night. Bye-bye. So speaking speaking of your next performance, where are you going to be, Lynn? Uh, I am doing something with the Soul Jazz Gentleman. Uh, and that's come, Well, actually, this Thursday I'm going to be at the Riverwalk uh, downtown Detroit. Uh, it's going to be a thing that I'm doing with uh, uh, a young poet. Uh, and we're going to be doing some soul. Natasha Beautiful Thought is uh, her name. And... Uh, after that, I'm going to be doing the Soul Jazz Gentleman Midwest Tour. We're going to do something in Lansing, Michigan on uh, September the 13th. Uh, September the 14th, we'll be at the MGM Grand in Detroit. And the 15th, we will be uh, out in Chicago with uh, myself, uh, Soul Jazz Gentleman, um, Max V on guitar. We've got Nathan Mitchell on keys out of Florida. And Mr. Phil Denny himself, who's in Africa, coming back from Africa. Yeah. Uh, on uh, saxophone, and uh, so we're going to tear up the Midwest, and then after that I'll be in Reno on September uh, the 18th, actually Sparks, Nevada, uh, playing at John Oscuaga's, uh Nugget. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, after which I think uh have got something back in the city, and then I'll make a trip out to um, Sacramento um, to play, uh, play at the Plaza Hotel, and then I got Spagatini's out in November. So uh, okay. hopefully some more things will be popping up and, you know, we'll bust out on the festival circuit uh, next year. We're lining some things up. Uh, but anything to get my show out there, I just love to uh, love to be out there. Uh, Mike, i got to come back to you, man. Yeah, you get back mm-hmm. down here in Baltimore, D.C. Yes, indeed. Come back you home. Get back here in Baltimore, D.C., man. What's yeah. up to you, man? So, I mean, you got to be down the last time, so I'm late. Huh? Yeah, look, yeah, look. You put me on. You put me on the bed. I, I, I haven't been calling Lynn like I should, but I got to keep oh, in contact man. with him. Because Lynn, cause Lynn's my yeah, dog. He, Lynn, Lynn Roundtree is my man. He, he, had me, he, he told me the real show out there. Uh huh. He had me. He, he had me at, uh, in his basement with uh, with, a, with, with a couple speakers. <laughs> it was like a backyard cookout thing. <laughs> But he did, he did fly me in, though. He did fly me in. No, I'm, I'm messing with him. I'm messing with him. Oh, man, no. But Lynn's my dude, man. Lynn is my dude. I mean, I, when when I first met Lynn, you know, I, I clicked with him instantly because, like, when he mentioned earlier, 
about the you know promoters and you know in, in Tariq knows how I feel about that. So when when you mentioned yeah. that, Lynn, you know that to me, I knew I said, yo, this this dude is, is he he knows what he's talking about. He knows what it takes to get out there and everything. And uh, you know and and that's why I say, man, anything that I can do to help y'all, I'm definitely down to help you out because I know that you know we need some game changers out here. And I think that you are definitely a game changer. Because a lot of people well, that you, haven't seen you live, they need to see you live. I mean, because some people look at it, you know, he's, he's, he's a trumpet player. I'm like, no. I've seen Lynn rock some crowds, and they're like, damn, he did on a trumpet? I think that's the definite misconception is everyone's just so used to saxophone players. I love them. But I mean, it's, it, everyone's just so used to saxophone players running around the stage, and mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, they asked me in Dubai. They said, "Man, you know, uh, are you going to be able to do rehearsal in the daytime and then do the show and and play on everybody's show?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, this is what we do." And, and mm-hmm. you know, after after I play, there ain't no more questions. I mean, everybody was like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's that's what I get whenever we play somewhere. Um, you know, it's it, you know, you bring the band out and. The way I set my my show up, it's uh, you're always gonna have a good time. You're always gonna have a good time. You're gonna leave feeling good uh, about the show, about the performance. Uh, we're very endearing. I make sure whoever I'm on stage with, my um, band members, we appeal to uh, to the crowd, and we're very endearing. Uh, but we're funky, man. We're funky and we're soulful, and we're gonna make you move and uh, make you feel good. And that's what it's all about. And I'm not here to step on anybody's toes or make anybody else look bad, but. You know, we, we're going to put a show together, and we're going to bring it—a well thought out, uh, well well manufactured, funky, soulful show. All right, now, Lynn, what's happening with New Kids on the Horns? Are you? I know both you and and Elon are busy doing your own things and everything, but yeah, are you guys yeah, going to eventually yeah. come back together and do call, something? Call Elon. He he went out with some some just fly-by-night guitar player dude, you know, Jonathan Butler. I don't know who that is. He just he just, he just, just left and went on the road with Jonathan Butler. You know what I mean? Who was he? No, I'm just kidding. He, uh, he, uh, I mean, he's been out there with Jonathan, man. He's been half of that uh, summer soul, soul of summer tour. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, it's just been a great thing. They came to us and had an opportunity to hang with the both of them and, uh, uh, I'm just so proud of Elon for, for his ascension in, in 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 the business. We are going to come back together and do a new Kids on the Horn uh, thing, but right now he's got a CD out, and I just released okay. mine. So okay. we've got to you know do our due diligence with with I mean he's with Woodward uh, Avenue, so we got to do our due diligence with these uh, with these records. But uh, after the smoke smoke dies down, we're definitely going to um, collaborate on something else. Actually, we've been talking uh, quite regularly about something else. So. We got something in the works, and uh, actually we got some things recorded too. So we're just waiting to, to bounce them out. So we will oh, revisit okay. that uh, in the in the near future because Iran is of the same mindset. He's one of the younger guys out there representing them and and, and uh, creating that bridge. So uh, and, and you know, and I'd have to give it up to guys like the Jonathan Butler, uh, you know, who who brings up Elon. You know what I mean? Says you know, hey, I could go get. Kirk Whalem or anybody mm-hmm. on saxophone, mm-hmm. but you know, no, Elon plays as good as, as anybody else. Anybody Elon else, that's right. And and can and can hold his own. Why not? That's right. A, a younger guy, a younger guy. So, I mean, yeah. you know, some of our more established artists like that really appreciate. Paul Brown is another one. Paul Brown is at the top of the food chain in terms of smooth jazz producers and hits, and he's a legend. 
Uh, and he had me play on a show with him as a side man and, and put a band together for him. He's, he's having Nate Mitchell play with him. He's having, you know, Phil play with him. He's having Dan Ron play with him. He's, he's like R. Kelly. He understands, you know, how to inject energy and, and youthfulness into his, his set. And through that, you know, he's getting the crowds. And, and, and it's still Paul Brown. Let us go out there and do all the work. Let us play our, our heads off and, and blow our heads out uh, because we've got the youthful energy. But And you can sit back and you're still Paul Brown. you still got all these hits, man, and you, people still love you. And uh, now you're being introduced to even more of, of a crowd. And so, I mean, those guys, man, i got to give it up to the guys who are realizing that, you know, to keep this industry, to keep this, this genre viable and alive, you have to at some point either embrace the younger people or you're pushed off the side by the younger people. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and then one thing so I want to say before we, before we leave is that when, like I mentioned, when me and Lynn first met, and it's one thing that he said that stuck with me, and it still sticks with me today, is that it's strength in numbers. And that's what Lynn told me. And, I, and, I, and, that's just, and, and that still speaks, you know, values because there is strength in numbers because, you know, if guys can get together and do some things, we can definitely change this genre for the better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's to me. And, that's, yeah. and I think promoters like that too. Promoters sometimes are hesitant to take a chance. I mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, how many records you sold? If you're not a known name in the area, then the promoter's afraid to have you up there by yourself. But if you get two or three you guys up there who are doing the same things, who have some credibility, and put a show together, and you got a three or three for one deal, then the promoter might take a chance on the concept. And and so and that's how you get out there too. So. Yeah, I'm willing to. That's why we're doing the soul jazz gentleman thing with, with four of us. Uh, you know, trumpet player, sax, guitar, guitar, and a piano. We got half the band right there. You know, we, yeah, we you do. Uh, you know, <laughs> a drummer and a bass player, and you know, we got the band. And so, look out for a lot of these collabs. I mean, I think we can do some stuff with Nicholas Cole and and, and LeBron, uh, and we might pull in Mr. Julian Vaughn, you know, some things and. You know who knows? Whatever, you know, well, yeah. whatever whatever works, whatever's going to get us out there with with like-minded uh, artists and individuals, then that's that's for the best. And we'll expose that's our the, music, and we'll, we'll we'll attract these crowds, and we'll we'll do the heavy lifting, man, and, and keep this industry alive and viable and fresh with new people. Mm, I agree. Wow, I agree. Well, Lynn, I cannot um, do this interview and have you on this show without playing "You Rock My World." So I'm going yeah, to close yeah. the show with that's, that. That's at all of my shows. I don't care okay. hey, how many CDs I do. I'm "You Rock My World" is the mainstay in my show. You gonna get rocked by "You Rock My World." I have to. I have to play this. This is "You Rock My World." Is from Lynn's Soul Tree, the Soul Jazz Experience CD. Um, so definitely check that one out as well. Lynn, thank you. Thank you again for giving us the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. I love you guys. I love. Thank you so much because without you, again. You know, no one would even hear me complain and fuss. So I mean, I, I appreciate that <laughs> giving me a giving me a giving me a microphone to to fuss, uh, but more so to uh, just engage my my listeners and your listeners and my fans and, and let them let them know what we're doing and hear hear from the artists and uh, and letting you know that we're just out here working hard, making good music for you, and we just hope to see you at uh, one of these shows real soon. So I thank you guys for providing that uh, providing that vehicle for us. Oh, it's our pleasure. We love you back. Definitely love Definitely you love back. You, and, uh, yeah. So, thank Either you again. call you four months. I still love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you call me last minute. You call me while I'm riding. You know what? Last time you called me, 
I was. It seems like I'm going to Chicken Waffles every every city I'm in. I was I was at the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I said, man, Mike was supposed to call me, man. And you called me. I'm like, man, I'm on my way to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Oh, man. Goodness. That's too funny. What's up with Lynn Roundtree's new CD is called Serendipitous. And, again, you can find it on his website, Lynn Roundtree Music, Roundtree minus the D. It's also on iTunes and Amazon. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Lynn Roundtree, and that's L-I-N, and on Facebook. Thank you again, Lynn. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Oh, and, and actually, Lynn is on um Instagram too because he hasn't approved my request yet. I just want to let, let him know that. You know what? I'm just, I'm learning Instagram. I got to figure it out. I'm a, I'm gonna sit down and and try and read me a little online blog or something on Instagram. But it's just too many sites. I got to keep up. Reverb, Facebook, Twitter. I have two Facebook mm-hmm. pages, and you know, so I, I'm getting there. So just bear yep. with me. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you again for for staying over as well. I mean, we're thirty minutes over, but I appreciate you agreeing to do that. So thank you for that as well. Well, if you, if you let me talk, I'll be here all night. So. <laughs> hey, that's right. But look, guess what? Y'all in a different time zone, so y'all cool. I'm, it's almost midnight where I'm at. I, know. I need some sleep, bro. I know. I know. So we're no, let I'm you both go. We are, I'm on, I'm on the, right at the end of the East Coast. I'm still on the East Coast time zone. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so I'm with you, all Mike. right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to let you go, Lynn. Thank you again. And um, right, we'll take looking care. forward to seeing you out there. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Okay, Mike, I'm going to let you go, too. But let me just thank those in the chat room, Monica. Thanks, Monica. Hey, Monica, how are you doing? Uh, Smooth Jazz family, thank you all for coming in the chat room and hanging out with us. I also want to say a big thank you to all of the listeners and supporters of Talking Smooth Jazz. This week we hit the 500,000 mark in downloads of our podcast, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. So thank you so much for that. that that was that just made my day this morning when I saw that. So thank you um, for that. If you're listening to an archive show right now, thank you so much for doing so. Okay, Mike, you have anything current, to add? Current, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. one more thing to add, and that's it. I just want to say everybody out there that listens to our show and that supports us, we want all of you guys to send a prayer out for uh, Nick Colion's manager, Carl Ray. Um, yeah. Carl had a stroke early, in, I think late in May, and uh, she's still recovering from her stroke, so... Uh, you know, she's a uh, avid supporter of this show, and, uh, you know, just like her, you know, we love Curl to death, so like we definitely, yeah. definitely want to put out, um, put, put some prayers up for uh, Curl Ray, so definitely. Yes, definitely. We we love you, Carol. Okay, from Lynn's Soul Tree, the Soul Jazz Experience. Oh, I love this song. This is his cover of Michael Jackson's You Rock My World, and this is hot, hot, hot. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. Thanks again, Lynn. This is You Rock My World.
Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our websites, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.